Hey guys, Riley here from Podigy.co, here today with the latest episode of the Podcasters podcast for you. And today we're talking about compression for podcasts. And we're doing this early on because compressors are perhaps the most misunderstood and misused of all the tools podcasters have at their disposal to edit podcasts. They've been on every single episode of a big name podcast that you've listened to, yet you're probably a little shaky on what they're doing and when to use them. So today we're going to make clear what a compressor does, what all of its components are supposed to do, and the best places in your effects chain to use them. We're also going to go through the simplest free compressor that you can start using right now to get your podcast levels more in line and the best way to set it up. It might seem tricky right now, but getting a good handle on how compressors work can save you a lot of time in the editing bay trying to get levels right. So fundamentally, a compressor is a way to control dynamics of our voice. It does this by bringing down the loudest parts of our signal, like the beginnings of words and sentences, p and t sounds, etc., so that there is less dynamic range between the loudest and the quietest parts of our podcast. And we do this because when the dynamic range is smaller, you can amplify the whole signal more before it starts to clip. So let's do an example. Let's say you record an episode of a podcast and one speaker is very quiet when he talks, but he laughs extraordinarily loud. So when he talks, his voice is much quieter than everyone else's. And let's say it peaks around negative 21 decibels. So he'd like to bring that volume up. However, his laughter peaks at negative one decibels. So you can only bring up the level of his track by one decibel before his laughter starts clipping. And yet his speaking voice being raised only one decibel would still be much too quiet because we've got a dynamic range of 20 decibels, negative one dB at his laughter, negative 21 when he talks. And this is a little bit of an extreme example. But with a compressor, we can bring down the volume of the loudest parts of his laughter to negative 11 dB, meaning our dynamic range would now only be 10 dB because negative 11 dB, negative 21 dB, only 10 decibels of difference there. And we would be able to bring up the full track volume up by 11 decibels before it started clipping now. And all of a sudden you have a lot more leeway to match the audio of our quiet talker with other speakers in the podcast. And this is what makes compressors so powerful. So unlike an equalizer, which is a static effect that applies the same processing to the incoming signal, no matter how the signal changes, a compressor is reactive and only affects incoming audio when a certain parameter is met. Because compressors deal in volume, the parameter it looks for is the loudness of the incoming signal and it only starts to apply processing once the audio crosses a threshold that we determine. In our example above, because we only want to bring down the volume of the laughter, we could set the threshold at negative 20 dB and all of his speech, which peaked at 21 dB, would pass through the compressor unaffected. And once our audio crosses that threshold, our ratio determines by how much the compressor will reduce the dynamic range. Setting a good ratio is the thing that seems to trip up so many new podcasters because it's tough to wrap your head around exactly what a ratio is. When you're setting a ratio, you're setting the amount of incoming volume in decibels it will take to make the compressor go up by 1 dB above the threshold. So a ratio of 2 to 1 means that for every 2 decibels above the threshold the audio is, the compressor will only rise by 1 decibel while a ratio of 10 to 1 would mean that a compressor only increases a decibel for every 10 decibels of incoming audio above the threshold. Now this, I know it's tough to get your head around, but think of the ratio as the price the incoming audio has to pay to increase the loudness of the track. If you're trying to prevent clipping, you'd make the incoming audio pay a lot more to ensure the audio doesn't clip, perhaps 20 decibels or more to increase the volume by one decibel. But if you're just trying to smooth out audio for a more consistent tone, you might charge less or have a lower ratio of 1.5 or 3 decibels for every 1 decibel of rise in volume. 
Really hope this metaphor has cleared things up and hasn't muddied the waters more, but it was it was the best. I looked on the internet, no one has a good metaphor for compressors. It's unmetaphorable. However, sometimes you might not want the compressor to simply activate when audio passes the threshold and then shut off once it goes back down, especially if you're trying to smooth out audio rather than prevent clipping. This is where the knee comes in handy because it basically smooths out the compressor, applying compression after the threshold proportional to the knee amount. So what this means is if the ratio is set to 10 to 1 and the knee is 10 decibels, then the compressor would only apply the full ratio after the signal was 10 decibels over the threshold. And then anything in between the threshold and 10 decibels over the threshold, the compressor would compress at a ratio that was somewhere in between 1 to 1 and 10 to 1, proportional to how close it was to the threshold. And after that, we have to decide the attack and the release of our compressors. The attack is how long it takes the compressor to react after your audio crosses the threshold. To tame peaks, we want it to be relatively short, even as low as zero milliseconds for digital compressors. The release, conversely, is how long a compressor still applies processing after the audio is no longer above the threshold. This is to ensure that if audio peaks multiple times within a short period, the release will still be applying compression to the track even after the attack was too slow to catch the subsequent peaks. So think about laughter, for example. If someone laughs, ha, 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 that person has a very odd laugh. You probably don't want them on the podcast anymore. But each one of those haws is a peak. And if your attack is too slow, your compressor wouldn't catch each individual one. So it might catch the first one and then let the subsequent ones through. But with a longer release, it would catch each of those subsequent haws. Some compressors will even have an auto-release function that will continually adjust the compressor's release to avoid overcompression and pumping. And so these are the five basic parameters that every compressor will have. They have an attack, a release, a knee, a threshold, and a ratio. However, if you're following our guide to podcast editing, you'll notice that the first compressor we use is Reaper's Recomp, which has a few more parameters like pre-compressor or pre-comp which looks ahead of the signal and applies compression before the audio is about to cross the threshold. So some people call it a negative attack because it has less than a zero millisecond attack time. So it's actually looking ahead, you know, 50 milliseconds ahead and adjusting its threshold based on that. It also has high and low pass filters, which will allow you to specify which frequencies the compressor will react to. So if someone bangs on the table excitedly as they talk, for example, you could adjust the high pass filter to 100 hertz so that it would only look at the signal from 100 hertz and upward as opposed to low energy generated by the table bags. The recomp also has options for auto makeup which will bring up the whole signal by the amount of gain reduction it applies to the peaks. It also features classic attack which makes it operate more like old compressors that would gradually stop compressing the signal but went way over the threshold. However, that's not super useful for us right now. What is useful, however, is the RMS size, which basically smooths out the loudest and quietest parts of your audio according to a moving volume average. And so this basically smooths out our peaks and our lows to make everything sort of more consistent all around. And so try moving this upwards to 20 to even 50 milliseconds if you're having trouble getting a consistent tone from a vocal on a track. Now that we know what a compressor is, you should know that there are very few times in which one compressor will give you the best results on podcast editing. This is why I always caution against people using their mixer's compression into their DAW because it usually ends up applying something like a 10 to 1 ratio at a very low threshold, flattening out the dynamics completely and giving your voice a very boomy quality that makes it more akin to radio DJs. 
Instead, we here at Ponergy typically use three compressors operating at either two or three decibels of gain reduction each, so to kind of chip away at the track. One before the EQ to start bringing down the peaks, and the other two after the EQ to smooth out the tone more evenly. This way you're still getting the volume you need in your track, but it keeps the dynamics of regular speech, and you can still hear the natural inflection of voices. And I found that the easiest way to get beginner podcasters to start using multiple compressors working in tandem is Sonic Anomaly's Tri-Leveler 2, which works by having three compressors set to look at fast, medium, and slow attacks that constantly adjust and work with each other to make sure your audio has a consistent volume. Just as we've outlined the fast tames the peaks, the medium deals with the main sections of your voice, and the slow makes sure your whole signal is hitting the loudness standard, which is negative 19 luffs for podcasts, which is a thing we'll have to get into in another episode, because again, this is a winding road we go down. In fact, looking at the three meters down at the bottom of Tri-Leveler operating probably does a better job at explaining how to use multiple compressors in tandem than I ever could. So I encourage you to go. There'll be a link in the show notes to check that out. You can start applying it to your podcast today, and it will just... It's featured in our podcast editing suite. It's a set it and forget it plugin. And so this brings us to where to put a compressor in your FX chains, as it can significantly change the sound of your podcast. Typically on a single voice track, you want to put it after any noise reduction and gating and have one bring down the peaks before your EQ and then have your medium and slow response compressors after the EQ, but before your de-esser, which will be our next episode. We do this because we need to incorporate the boosts or cuts the EQ will add into our signal into the final amount. We put it before the de-esser, otherwise the compressor would just bring up the de-esser sound of the original level, which isn't very helpful. But what is helpful is the companion article to this podcast that is linked in the show notes and we'll go through step by step everything that we talked through here today. So if I went a little fast, it's because I'm hoping you'll come and check that out and then afterwards supercharge your podcast using our podcast editing guide that it's also featured in the show notes. It's the quickest way that we know of to edit podcasts. It's the exact same way that we do it over at Podigy. It just uses free plugins instead of the paid ones that we sometimes employ. The only cost is getting Reaper. It's $60 after a 60-day trial. It's money well spent because it's time you won't spend in the editing bay anymore. It's great. I can't recommend it enough. So come over and check that out. Share this podcast with other people who you think are getting started or at the beginning stages of making their own podcast because we're just trying to help everybody out. So once again, guys, thanks so much for tuning in. I'm Riley Byrne, owner and head editor over at Pondergy.co. I encourage you to come check us out. If you have any needs about your podcast or anything like that, don't worry. Don't hesitate to reach out to us. And we'll see you next episode all about de -essers. <laughs>